Welcome back to In the Lab. This is episode number 10. It's January 27th of 2022. It's not too late to still say Happy New Year. I have with me my co-host, my dear friend, Justin Goodrum. How you doing, man? Good, man. A lot of time not talk to you. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it has been a long time. Excited to do this again. And uh, also, you know, in the news of, of my own personal basketball world, I, I wanted to announce that last weekend I, I did get my first career coaching victory. Uh, <laughs> very happy about that. Go Guardians. Right. Uh, it's youth basketball, so they did basically all the work. And <laughs> I just paced the sidelines uh, and just yelled rebound every now and then. So, you know, pretty pretty much uh, working my, my way up the ladder, I guess you could say, Just It's just like the real NBA. So That's right. That's right. I, I'm just trying to manage personalities, <laughs> right? you know, keep everyone happy and, uh, and get the W at the end of the day off of uh, the baskets that they're scoring. Uh, what else is new with you, man? How you been? Uh, good man. Uh, just, uh, transitioning to just a new job. Very happy with that. And yeah, very busy just getting acclimated. It's been a very interesting process as I let you know off air, but, uh, things, things are good. I can't complain. Lots of snow. Uh, this, uh, you know, this, and I think the, the listeners and viewers know recently moved to uh, Colorado within the last six months and, uh, being from Albuquerque, uh, seeing as much snow on a daily basis, it's uh, a new, uh, kind of frontier, so it's pretty cool. Um, if we, you know, living here next year, we'll see how I feel. But at least this year, it's pretty cool to see the snow on a regular basis. Nice, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because I, I actually just about an hour ago got back from walking my dog through the neighborhood, and there was a little bit of like a snow dust flurry. You yeah, know, where it kind of hits your face. It feels just like cold sand, and then it's, mm -hmm. it's gone, but nothing's sticking. What, what's mm -hmm. it like up there where you are? Um, lots of snow. Really, there was like a massive snow drought right up to when uh, my girlfriend and I went to New York. It was like 200 and some odd days of it not snowing. And then, you know, the new year hits and it's just snowing pretty much every single week. We have a lake right by our place, frozen, solid, <laughs> covered in snow. And we try to go for a walk here. It is just not a no go. It's just too much ice. <laughs> so we came back. So, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I like it. Just, you know, we're right by the mountains. It's pretty cool just to see and just watch the snow drop. So, um, it's something that, uh, I think being from New Mexico, like it's hard to take for granted compared to maybe somebody locally in the Colorado area where the snows all the time. So, uh, no yeah, complaints man. so far. Yeah. I went to college and then we'll yeah. move on here, but I went to college first year at CSU, as you know, and, uh, the first Thanksgiving break, I, I came home for Thanksgiving here in Albuquerque and drove back. It took me 12 hours. What normally oh, wow. takes like eight hours or so to get to Fort Collins took me a good 12 hours, maybe longer, uh, because there was so much snow that weekend. And, and as I was driving up there and I was in my little Toyota Celica, <laughs> just praying, uh, that I wasn't going to slide off the road and, um, I didn't, thankfully, obviously, because I'm still here. We have a lot to cover. Uh, we still have a lot of great content up on our podcast feed. We've had a, a little bit slower turnaround these last couple of weeks. There's still a lot of great evergreen content on our feed that you guys can check out. Most recently, our interview with J. Kyle Mann on the history of NBA Street 
volume two, but there's tons of evergreen content on there. So good opportunity these last couple of weeks to hopefully dig into maybe some interviews that you might have missed in the feed. And we have a lot of great interviews and content moving forward into the rest of the season. So definitely looking forward to uh, diving into that with you guys and, and bringing you guys that content. Let's look at the NBA standings, Justin, because it has it has moved a bit. And let's start with the Eastern Conference, just really briefly looking over this earlier. There's really three tiers now in in the East. You have your top six that are going to be the teams in contention for home court advantage for that first round. And then I think you have a cutoff uh, from basically seven to 12 that are going to be your play-in teams. And then, you know, 13 through 15 is your toilet bowl. Let's be honest. Sorry, (laughs) Pistons and Magic. But, um, you know, surprisingly right now, the Heat are number one in the standings. I've been wrong all year about my preseason prediction about them. They're (laughs) in the standings uh, at number one right now. But one through six are only separated by two games at the top. So we're going to see that shuffle around. So you see right now the Bucks are in sixth in the standings, but that could change in half a week, uh, depending on what happens. And I fully expect the Bucks to have home court advantage in the first round. Any thoughts on uh, those teams in the East before we look at the West? Um, the Heat are a surprise. I think the Bulls should be very happy, considering they got ravaged with COVID. I mean, who hasn't? Mm-hmm. So that was just a rough stretch. And, and they've won two in a row. So... And and they're in the, they're in the second seed. I still think they're vulnerable in the middle. So, um, in terms of the 76ers, the Bucks, um, I think that's going to be a concern um, heading into the playoffs. But you know, this it's awesome. I think the culture in Chicago um, has changed compared to previous years. And regardless of what happens in the playoffs, I just hope kind of the mentality when Levine. DeRozan, uh, Caruso once he gets back, and Lonzo Ball, when they're all on the floor, they just have a certain swagger in terms of expecting to win instead of just hoping to get a win. And that that's refreshing. Um, so I just hope that um, lasts not only this year, but for the years to come, regardless of how the playoffs go. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, you take a look at this, kind of the Nets, 76ers, and Bucks. I mean, they're going to be very vulnerable once the playoffs start. Yeah, and everyone's talking about it, but the Cavs at in For third. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the surprise of the Eastern of Conference uh, easily. Uh, the Wizards have fallen from that early season surprise, but the Cavs eight and two in their last ten. So it's it's legitimate. I'm going to go ahead and stop my camera because for whatever reason my face is stuck in a freeze frame. <laughs> this <laughs> constant look of wonder. Uh, moving on to the West. Uh, The most recent change since I last reviewed the standings is that the Suns have pulled away from the Warriors, but you have kind of, oh, my camera's still frozen. All right. You have kind of these groups of three, your top three elite teams. The Jazz still have time to catch up, no doubt, but right now there is separation between the Grizzlies and the Jazz there. So your top three are Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, then your next three are the next group, 
kind of your your teams that could surprise in the playoffs, uh, your Jazz, Mavericks, Nuggets. Then you have your play-in group, which really, I mean, you could you could argue the Pelicans are in there, but I would say it's like seven through ten is really the ones that we should be um, giving any sort of credibility to. The Trailblazers are at tenth, are quite a big step under the Lakers at ninth. Um, and then you've got pretty much your lottery guarantees from 11 down to 15. The bottom of the West overall is worse than the bottom of the East, uh, in spite of the Magic being the worst record in the league. Um, thoughts on the Western Conference standings as as they are right now, Justin? They've they've kind of held, other than the Suns jumping over the Warriors, they've kind of held from the last time I looked at them. Well, it's very fascinating to see, you know, a team that's in my neck of the woods, the Denver Nuggets, who, you know, they have been ravaged with injuries, them holding on to that sixth seed, and then the fifth seed being the Dallas Mavericks with all the turmoil with Porzingis and Luka Doncic, and yet look at the Lakers (laughs) at number nine. So it's one of those things where I'm sure the Lakers have been hit with a lot of those injuries, but at the same time, look at the Nuggets, look at the Mavericks. I mean, Mm -hmm. with those two teams in general. And look, even the Grizzlies, where, you know, John Morant was out for a long period of time. And it's, it's... it's it's one of those things with the Lakers where it's it's shocking to be honest, um, very disappointing if you're a Lakers fan, and that's going to be interesting if they can get you know, you know Anthony Davis and LeBron playing for a consistent amount of time to see if they can rise through these rankings. So really, you take a look, like you said, Matt. Like I would say five through nine. That's a pretty doable case for them to get the fifth seed if things go their way. Um, I think the mm-hmm. other surprise, I would say uh, the equivalent of the Cleveland Cavaliers is the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant mm-hmm. and him. We'll talk about you. You have the all-star votes. So we'll talk about that later. But, I mean, he's pretty much an MVP candidate, to be honest. And just the way he's carrying, you know, the, the Grizzlies has been truly amazing, realizing his potential. And um, I think proving that, you know, out of the new school players, you know, there's a little bit of debate between, you know, him and Zion. I think we all know who's who won that one. Um, we don't need to run salt on the wounds. But uh, with the... Yeah, with it's the, crazy. Yeah, with, with the Suns and Warriors, um, and then we can, we can move on if you wish. Um I think the No Dunks crew, I think they were pretty accurate with the Suns where they're in line to win 65 games. I mean, it's looking that way. Uh-huh. Um, and I think with the Warriors, it's going to be interesting to see. And we'll, we'll talk about this also with Wiggins and Clay Thompson coming back, the chemistry and how all those three will mesh. Um, and I think it's one of those things people are kind of freaking out when Clay Thompson came back and Wiggins, you know, stats took a dip. I don't know. It's kind of it's early. We're not to the All Star break yet, so I think it's one of those things where, especially looking at the Western Conference, it's not super duper competitive. I don't really see any of those teams catching the Warriors, maybe except the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I'm not really. If I'm the Warriors, I'm not sweating it. Just mm-hmm. kind of let it organically happen. So I mean, those are my thoughts on the rankings. I think as we'll talk about with the trade deadline, I think. The Kings have a lot of thinking to do. I think, you know, the Pelicans have a lot of thinking to do. I think there's a lot of teams, uh, the, the Trailblazers, I think there's a lot of teams that, you know, they need to have a heart-to-heart. <laughs> and I think we'll talk about that later on with the trade deadline coming up. Absolutely, yeah. And actually, in uh, in the Lab Episode 6, 
one of the segments that was discussed was, you know, Clay Thompson coming back, no doubt is a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody would say otherwise, but I did say it's going to affect their standings in the Western conference because part of the regular season is going to need to be working him in and seeing how he fits. I mean, it's basically sure. like acquiring a new player because it's mm-hmm. it's a completely different cast of players. It's true. Um, not entirely, not not the foundational pieces, but the rotations are are totally different than the last time he was playing. Uh, so makes sense, but I, I think you know they can still firmly be a top two seed. Certainly, uh, a top four seed. I, I think is. Um, not in doubt at all at, at this point, unless something really weird happens there. Um, yeah, and I mean, the Grizzlies ha- have been <clears throat> that surprise team. I mean, very good point there uh, that you brought up. And uh, I think the only reason John Morant isn't getting MVP buzz is because he missed a significant amount of time That's at the true. start of the season. Yeah. But even when he was missing time, they went on, I believe it was a 13-game win streak. It might have been longer than that. That was um, the game where they gave uh, the Thunder the greatest loss in regular season NBA history, in all NBA history. They beat them, I I believe it was by like 72 or something crazy. Uh, So, yeah, something's going on. Something's in the water in Memphis, and uh, Mm -hmm. congratulations to those guys. Let's move into some headlines. We've got three quick ones. Well, two kind of quick ones, and then we'll look at all-star starters, and then we'll talk about some teams that need to make a trade. Uh, First headline, no big surprise here. This is right off of NBA.com. Draymond Green signs exclusive multi-year deal with Turner Sports inside the NBA. He's going to make appearances across Turner Sports content as he has been doing uh, for the past, I believe, greater than two years now. He's been a part of that crew at times. So uh, I I think this is no big surprise. Everyone has talked about Draymond's potential as an NBA analyst, um, as a commentator, the sort of heir apparent to Charles Barkley from what it seems. Um, any thoughts on this? Any um, any objections to Draymond? You know, would you rather see him somewhere else, helping out ESPN or anything like that? <laughs> well, certainly ESPN would need to help. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the controversial part of this is he's an active <laughs> player. But honestly, this is kind of a page out of the UFC's book. Um, the UFC uses a lot of active fighters as their color commentators, and they do both. They commentate and they fight, and that's never been an issue. There's never been a conflict of interest. So I don't see it not being any of an issue here. If anything, it's going to be an asset because I think it's going to be one of those things where Draymond can actually be the voice of the players. We've actually seen that already with him and Charles bumping heads. So I actually uh-huh. think it is – probably in the, the player's interest and kind of the younger generation who watches the NBA for Draymond to be a member of this crew. So I, I think it's awesome in terms of just creating a new dynamic within the show. Yeah, we'll kind of we'll see what happens. But um, in terms of kind of the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's too big of a story unless you're into sports media. Yeah, I think it's no <clears throat> surprise at all. And I think it's 
it's really solid because he is one of the only people I can think about of in the NBA right now that is a guy who will just freely speak his mind. And that's, you know, whether you love him or hate him, that's what's so refreshing about Charles Barkley. And that is why a lot of people like him and gravitate towards that show. He just speaks freely, whether you're going to like it or not. Uh, and I think everyone dislikes some things that he says and likes some things that he says. And I think you're going to see the same thing with Draymond. Uh, he, he will Agreed. definitely not shy from controversy. He will stir things up. He will, uh, m- much like he does on the basketball court, you know, he's, he's going to go after the other analysts. He's going to try to antagonize a little bit. And I, I think it's perfect. Um, so Next story, a little bit more of a sadder note, at least on, uh, you know, the death of innocence in our childhood, uh, Justin, for for you and me, (laughs) Um, you especially as as still a hardcore Bulls fan. Uh, Will Michael Jordan, this from the ringer, will Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen ever talk again? Charles Oakley tells Bill Simmons he doesn't think so. Um, Basically, there was a portion of the Bill Simmons podcast this past week where he had Charles Oakley on as a guest. Charles Oakley is still very close to Michael Jordan. Um, And in his opinion, he thinks Scottie Pippen was very hurt by the last dance. Everyone kind of knows that by now and accepts it. Uh, And that Jordan overheard things that Scottie Pippen was saying, didn't want to speak publicly about it, draw any more attention to it. Uh, I think it's probably the smart move. Uh, to just stay silent about it and, you know, not look petty or or take shots at him or whatever, just kind of let it die down that way. But um, yeah, Charles Oakley thinks that they are done talking as friends. Um, I don't know. Any, any thoughts about this? Do you buy that they'll never talk again? Um, And do you think it's, it's completely over for them? Um, I don't necessarily buy that. I think, Look at the Fab Five, right? Like that was a situation mm-hmm. <clears throat> in which, you know, unfortunately, when people have beefs and disagreements and different turbulent um, hurdles in a friendship that's high profile, what usually brings them together is death, unfortunately. And I think you saw with that with Jalen Rose's mom, where I believe, you know, I think Chris Webber reached out. It was something where they had communication. And not only that, also a happier time where Chris Webber um, got into the Hall of Fame. There was communication there. So that kind of started that road to them repairing their friendship. I think something like this where, I don't know, there's another Chicago Bull that gets into the Hall of Fame. Or sadly, if if something were to happen to Phil Jackson or something, um, I think you might end up seeing um, these two reconcile over that. So... I don't buy that they'll never talk again, but in terms of anytime soon, uh, I think they're both pretty stubborn. So I, I, I think that's possible. I think that's totally true. Yeah. Well, let me, let me take a more cynical uh, take on this, but agree with you. Um, Scotty Pippen basically showed he was willing to sell that relationship uh, down the river uh, in order to sell his book. That's true. Uh, and what do people love more than, you know, a rekindling of this flame of the greatest NBA duo. So I, I could totally see like some sort of 
documentary feature down the road or, or some like interview between the two where you have a camera crew in. I agree. I, I don't think, you know, I, I think that's maybe like five, 10 years down the road. If that happens, I think the bridge is burned for a little while, take a little while to repair it. But um, I mean, these guys are both beloved by anyone who grew up in the nineties, anyone who's a basketball fan um, with a knowledge of NBA history. So I definitely see like a financial incentive bringing them together. And I know that's a more um, cynical take, but uh, you're, you make a very good point with um, these, these things in the past that have rekindled relationships and that I I certainly do think that's a possibility as well. Um, So we'll hope for the best there. You know, I've, I just mostly just, uh, just feel kind of bummed that Scotty Pippen has been in the way he's been in, uh, in the past, you know, six plus months or so it's, it's been unfortunate to see play out. So publicly, uh, some of the issues that he's addressed and it's, it's just, you know, as, as Bill Simmons said in this interview, it's, it's just kind of a bummer to see him so bummed out all the time. I, I would agree with that sentiment. Um, let's go ahead and shift gears to something way more positive, which is the NBA All-Star Game starters, which were announced. And, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, let's, let me scroll down to the Eastern conference. Cause I, I, <laughs> I think we could get through that pretty quickly and then we can, uh, spend the time on, on the juicy portion. So Kevin Durant is your team captain. Makes sense. He was the top vote getter in the East. Giannis is there in the front court. DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid and Trey Young are your starters. Basically, I think if Kyrie Irving plays the whole season, he's probably slotted where Trey Young is. It is kind of weird for me seeing Trey Young as a starter. Not not that it's not deserved, but just that the Hawks have not had a good season sitting in 12th right now. But you think of point guards in that Eastern Conference when you look down the list, and really this was like Kyrie's spot to lose, and and obviously he lost it by deciding not to play, which is his choice. Um, so you see Trey Young there, and kind of makes more more sense. Um, you, th- any thoughts on the Eastern Conference before we uh, move over to the <laughs> more interesting conference? Um, I echo your sentiments. I think. Nothing surprising. I think it's good to see DeMar DeRozan um, get the that, that starting vote. I think especially just all the difficulty he had in San Antonio. I think it's it's, it's a good return to form for him. Um, but other than that, I think this is a very formidable um, starting five. And I like their chances in the All-Star game. And we all know this is like a popularity contest. I realize there's other um, aspects to the voting. But, I mean, these are, I think, four of the five are very popular. And you can't underestimate that Chicago Bulls market. Like, mm-hmm. that's just so powerful. It's one of those things with Derrick Rose. Because, you know, I've been a Der- I've you know, I was a Derrick Rose fan. We played in Chicago. And I'll be, I'll be honest, he's not the most charismatic guy in the world. I mean, in terms of um, mm-hmm. his post-game no, press right. conferences and everything. And yet, he was immensely popular and immensely beloved. So... Just having that movement of Chicago behind you, just the legend, just the, the legacy of the Chicago Bulls. I, it's one of those things where if you're just really good and you're a star, you're going to get voted in there. And I think Zach Levine will probably get um, picked for the reserves as well. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially with them sitting in second in, mm-hmm. in the East right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to see, you know, you'd imagine that Mobley is probably going to make it in there as a reserve, but it's, there's going to be controversy in the East because they're so deep this year. Um, so be interesting to see how the reserves play out. Let's move West. Uh, also, I, I guess I should say, uh, before we dig into this, they will have that draft show. So these won't be like the teams that are facing each other. Oh, good point. That's um, right. I always but, get confused. That always confuses me. Yeah, right. I know it's it's all it's all mixed up now. It's that's know. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you're right. I, I like the collection of talent there a lot in the East. Now, looking at the West, you have LeBron James as the captain. Uh, really, I think Jokic, by performance standards, should be the team captain in, in terms of this season. Uh, I talked about on the last in the lab that that I think right now he's the MVP still. Uh, and obviously he was reigning MVP from last year. But, uh, of course, seniority matters in the All-Star game. And uh, LeBron James was the leading vote-getter in the West. So he is your captain. You've got Stephen Curry, no stranger there. Um, Jokic, we mentioned. And you have two first-timers, Ja mm-hmm. Morant. Uh, shout out to the Grizzlies again. Uh, we touched on that in in talking about the standings, so I think no surprise there. The numbers are there too. The performance is there. The, the delightful highlights, like every time you watch John Morant play, there something crazy is going to happen. Uh, he's he's all over my Instagram feed. <laughs> Anytime I'm scrolling, there's a John Morant highlight. Uh, super happy for him uh, to be there to be a first time selection this early in his career. Uh, and then we have someone else who's in there and look, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm super excited for him. I know he's probably thrilled to be here. So let me say first, congratulations to Andrew Wiggins. Let me say secondly, that we have no Phoenix suns in the starting lineup of this all-star team. And they are the number one team in the West. And it's by a few games now. Uh, let me also say that Andrew Wiggins, I saw the stat from Tim McMahon. He is the 24th leading scorer in the Western Conference. In the Western Conference, not the NBA. He's averaging 18.1 points per game. So obviously, a bit of fan voting ties into this. Uh, obviously, the team standing, you know, being second in the West, the Warriors being kind of a feel-good comeback story. I think also, like, Clay Thompson getting a lot of votes ties into this a little bit as well. Uh, but there you go. Andrew Wiggins, your uh, surprise starter for the All-Star game. If you could have bet on this somehow, if this was even some sort of odds, you you would be retiring today. Uh, so congratulations if you did that. Justin, your thoughts. Uh, can you do me a favor, Matt? I think it's on the same page. Can you scroll down to just the vote totals? Yes. Um, just to take a look, because I think just to examine this, I think is to look kind of at the the vote totals and how this is all laid out because um, I believe looking at the the three voting groups is fans, NBA players, and the media panel. So the fans have fifty percent, NBA players have twenty five, and then the media panel have twenty five as well. Um, and I think just looking at this is fairly fascinating just because you know again this is a you know popularity contest and. Just kind of looking at it right now, it's 
fascinating just to see, like, if even like if LeBron played like maybe like I don't know, twenty percent of the the season so far, he would mm-hmm. still be voted number one. He's just the most popular player, right? So, looking at this, it's really just interesting how you take a look at Andrew Wiggins, like player rank, you know, five, fan rank three. Yeah. He ranked six, and somehow he made it. Like that's just that's just unbelievable to me. And I think it's just a product of math. Like mm-hmm. I just, it's one of those well, things. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Luka Doncic tied him, and Devin Booker tied him. Four point two five weighted score. Wow. But the difference is Wiggins is in the front court. Yeah. Uh, whereas those are guards, and you have yeah. to have three front court players i believe it is and two guards well that i just um, think that's ridiculous if we're going yeah. to have lebron and durant uh be the captains that's just stupid you just pick right pick the top guys oops sorry pick the top guys who are the best players i mean it's no, one thing you. if you want to go by a position if you're going east and versus west i think that makes a lot more sense but if we're just playing street ball which this game is it's just it's a pickup game Let's pick right. the best guys on the court. And I think that's where the flaw is in this voting because I think you're right, man. If this we're just talking about the best guys on the floor, you know, Andrew Wiggins is probably not a starter. Um mm-hmm. or he barely makes it. So I, I think I believe I, I agree with you, man. I think it's a flaw in terms. I think they have one half of this right in terms of this being just a glorified pickup game. I don't know issue with that. I just think the way they pick the starters just just have it be at that way, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think if we're just keeping it real, I don't like how there's like reserves, to be honest, to be picked by the coaches. I just, mm-hmm. just let the votes just play out as it is, like to be honest. And mm-hmm. I get it. Like I understand that you want, you know, the coaches are there to make sure that, you know, a player that is deserving makes it. But maybe just have a wild card pick or something. I don't know. It's just right. already this is kind of like, you know, the fans have 50% of the vote. This, you might as well just make it wide open. I don't know. I just don't think there's any kind of, like, true prestige in terms of making the all-star team too much. I mean, if you're overwhelmingly great, you're probably going to make it one way or another. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just – with Andrew Wiggins, does it bug me that he's a starter? Not really. I mean, hell, if he gets hurt, then he's going to be replaced on the team anyway. So you know how it goes. Yeah, I so, mean, you look at a couple guys on the list that I think both yeah. you and I would be happier with as starters. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns for Minnesota's sure. improvement this year. Paul George keeping the Clippers together. I mean, granted, he he uh, just went through that injury, uh, so he I don't think he could play. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of bizarre too because there's there's kind of a lack of depth there too in the front court in the west which is weird to see like you have carmelo anthony on this list in the front court and let's be honest like (laughs) carmelo anthony is not performing at an all-star level this season i'm sorry he's there because of his name yeah you know you'd like to see maybe like deandre ayton in there although he's probably the third most deserving son if, if we're going to talk about a Phoenix Sun getting on there, you know, you, you talk about Chris Paul, you talk about Devin Booker, of course. Uh, so it's, it's just a weird, interesting setup. The other thing, too, that I think is kind of funny or noteworthy is that this is the second time 
that Warriors fans have been able to troll all-star voting since this format changed. And the first time was with Zaza Pachulia. That's right. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but they really, really pushed hard to get his fan vote up. So there is kind of a powerful fanhood now with the Warriors. Now that they've had this success um, over the past now nearly a decade that they've been this um, dynasty range type team, um, that's a strong fan base now. I think a stronger fan base, you know, sure, a lot of bandwagon fans recently, but a a stronger fan base than what they might be given credit for. Yeah, um, agreed. So it's interesting. They've rigged another all-star game. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I guess kudos to them for that. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on these all-star starters? Eh, no other thoughts. It kind of evens this way out just in terms of when we get to the reserves and then injuries, it, it works out. I think maybe one or right. two guys are screwed at the most, but I think at the end of the day, it's fine. Um. Just to be honest, I don't get worked up about these type of things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the really the the thing that is more impactful for players is your All NBA team. Agreed. Uh, yeah, because there are financial incentives mm-hmm. with that. Uh, it felt more like it was the inverse. You know, when we were growing up, like '90s NBA, you really look at the All Star selections and like, were they an All Star star? Now it's All NBA that uh, people freak out about and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where the money train goes. Uh, so we'll try to be pretty brief here. We've been going over 30 minutes. But uh, I do want to touch on, as we get closer and closer to the All-Star game, that means we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. And I wanted to just chat with you about three teams in the NBA that you and I think need to make a trade desperately you and i have each picked three teams i don't know your answers yet i don't know if they overlap um let's just fire through these sure and see what we came up with uh so i'll ask you to give me your first pick do you want me eastern conference or western conference where are we going uh this team's in the east all right um this team had a lot of expectations and they have been disappointing they're the 11th seed and that's the new york knicks Mm. Now there's plenty of room for them to get it together, and if I, I suggest that uh, fans check out NBA.com um, trade page, they have a lot of great updates on there. And recently they said that uh, Julius Randle, um, four year, 117 million um, dollar contract extension doesn't kick in until next season. Mm. Um, and so um, Ian Bagley cited a source that. Um, he be that basically um, there's just a lot of talk about what's going to happen with Julius Randle. His stats have kind of regressed. Mm. Um, there's that whole deal with, I guess, what him, I guess, making some kind of gesture. I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but kind of not the warmest relationship between him and the New York Knicks fans lately. Um, I just want it's one of those things where with the Knicks. They're kind of in that in-betweener time where do you want to make moves or not? Mm -hmm. And I just feel with Julius Randle, this experiment is kind of over (laughs) in Mm. terms of him being like – and I really was – it was was a great feel-good story, but I think just at the end of the day, the mileage on him and what he can bring and just kind of his um, inconsistent play – 
I don't think he's the right fit for the Knicks. So I think that's that's somebody who might be on the trading block for me. Wow. Yeah, and you know, it's a team that we talked about even from the beginning of the year. Like one of our opening preseason questions was will the Knicks be as good as they were last year? Like, can they even sustain that? Uh, another kind of assumption that we made is that this team does not match up well with anyone in the playoffs that we thought were going to the playoffs. True. And so I, I like this pick. I thought about making this a pick as well, uh, but it, it does feel like you're just, you're just kind of, floating right now if you keep Julius Randle around and we don't know he's regressed as you said great points um and we don't know that they can build any further on this and the east has gotten better since last year obviously and uh maybe a little bit of time before it gets worse especially with now like Cleveland all of a sudden making a push uh, to be better this year, as well as the Hornets. We assume at some point the Celtics are going to get a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great first pick. Let me give you mine, and I think this is pretty simple. Uh, you guys can listen to our interview with, like, Orlando Sanchez or Danny Morang for reasons why this needs to happen, and I don't even have a specific move that they need to make. I'm just here saying that this is my number one priority team. You just need to do something Portland Trailblazers uh, in a last-ditch effort to increase happiness for Damian Lillard. Show him that you're doing something. Show him you care. Show me you care. Come on. Um, so that's that's my first pick, and and that's pretty cut and dry and simple. Make your star happy. Make your beloved franchise player happy who's worked hard for you, who's played well for you. Uh, maybe not as well this year, but over the past you know eight years. Or, man, is it time to trade Damian Lillard? I mean, I, I think his stock is pretty low right now, so I'd say probably no, but that's that's my next pick. Now, I feel you. Um, again, according to that NBA.com website, um, CJ McCullough, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic are all kind of on the block in terms of trade candidates. And there's been even rumors that the Pelicans are interested in CJ McCollum. So, I mean, that does make sense for them to make any deadlines. And I just want to say also, uh, Dwayne Wade was on um, TNT's uh, pregame coverage, and he had a good point in saying you don't see really teams make a lot of big moves at the trade deadline. Usually you see mm -hmm. one, and that's kind of it. I mean, it's kind of overrated. It's kind of, I believe, one of the weaker trade deadlines in sports. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, these are minor upgrades, and I think the teams that are set to make – the benefit the most are teams that are in title contention or in a playoff mix where they can just add a piece to aid them, you know, in trying to win the title. Yeah, I mean, last year was one of the more eventful trade deadlines. And sure. one of the big moves was your Bulls getting it was. Yeah. Um, and you saw well, how that yeah. didn't really pay any dividends during, you know, last season. Yeah. But this season, totally. Look where they are. So. Um, yep. It's kind of one of those things where you're you're putting in equity, you know, in the future, not necessarily, you know, for now. Absolutely. Uh, give me your second team here. Yeah. Um, similarly to the um, Portland Trailblazers, and not any particular reason, um, and not a particular um, like trade I have in mind. I just think the Boston Celtics got to do something. Mm. <laughs> it's just I, I think it's one of those things where you have Tatum, you have Brown. 
these are clearly two, you know, all stars, you know, in the making. And then, I mean, you just see what's going on here just within the voting. Let me just pull it up here just real quick um, in terms of the Eastern Conference. Like, these are two guys that are immensely talented, and you just see them not in the conversation <laughs> in terms of being one of the, the two, you know, best, you know, elite players in this league. I mean, you mm-hmm. see, you know, Jalen Brown is last. Derrick Rose is ranked ahead of him. <laughs> in terms of the rankings, I mean that's just that shouldn't happen. And Tatum, you know, he's in the mix in terms of that front court, but I don't know. I just feel like they're so immensely talented, and then to be underperforming as they are at twenty five, twenty four, um, you know, in that yeah. eight seed, I just feel like you know the clock's ticking on this team to, before you totally blow it up. So I think either you make a the, make a move somehow or just you got to start thinking about some other directions at this point yeah you're 100 percent right side note this was the team that i wrote down as my honorable mention team <laughs> um and i i do wonder like if the better move for the celtics like maybe these guys are actually stunting each other by being paired together like i, I do wonder if for them both to grow you know, like kind of like pruning a plant or whatever, like you you need to trade Jalen Brown so that Jason Tatum can ascend and be yeah. the alpha dog or, you know, I, I don't know that that's the case. Obviously I don't have that like inside the locker room perspective or anything and media that we've talked to associated with the Celtics. I mean, loves them both. So it doesn't seem like there's any indications we've seen, on, on that end of things, but yeah, I, I'm with you. This this team's on my list. I'm going to stay in the Eastern Conference uh, for my second pick, and this this is just a team that has really confused me. I was actually kind of like, I, I didn't think this team was going to the Eastern Finals or anything, but I was a little bit high on this team. Uh, and this is the Pacers. Like I I think with the Pacers, it's just time for a fire sale. Like. Trade Miles Turner, you can get great value for him. Um, like I, I think if somehow I don't, I don't think the pieces can work out unless it's a three-team trade. But imagine if Miles Turner went to the Bulls, like for extra rim protection. Uh, point being, I, I doubt he goes there. But point being, they've got valuable pieces on this team. Uh, Sabonis has been in rumors uh, to be traded to the Kings lately. Um, and we kind of know what all these pieces are a little bit here and there. And I think we have a team full of like role players, essentially like guys that can certainly contribute, but they need to just reset. I, I don't know. And maybe Rick Carlisle isn't as good of a coach as I was thinking at the start of the season. Maybe, maybe he's lost a step. Uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I do know this team needs to make a trade. Yeah, I feel you. I feel like the Pacers are always that kind of hip, trendy team people pick, and yet they don't pan out. Um, so I agree with you, man. Not too much to add. I think you're correct in terms of they need to totally reevaluate what their future is. Um, well, and they had like a toxic coaching situation last year. Like yeah. the players like hated that coach. Yeah. And so it, it seemed like, you know, you get Rick Carlisle in there like – Man, that's a guy who's had historically a lot of success, but you know they're they're like worse this year. <laughs> so what's it's going true. on, guys? Right, that's true. Um, so 
your uh, your next pick, Justin. Yeah, my final pick, and I don't think they have any room to make any moves. But with this whole situation with James Harden, I <laughs> I think with the Brooklyn Nets, I think it's one of oh those my. things where you kind of have to decide like what is happening with this team. Oh because my goodness, I was not expecting this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't suggest trading James Harden. That's not what I'm saying. But this with this team's just so. I don't know. It's very erratic just mm-hmm. because, you know, you know the situation with Kyrie, whatever you want to feel about it, that's cool. But the bottom line is that you, they're hurting themselves, you know, 50% of the time when they approach the court. And so, and not to mention Kevin Durant's injury and James Harden's just, you know, inconsistent play and him just listening. I don't know if you heard listening to all these reasons why he wanted out <laughs> from, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to be in Brooklyn next year. It's, I don't know. Is this one of those things where this team has a lot of tools and they just need a spark right now? Uh-huh. And I just feel like they're extremely complacent. And if Durant is hurt, even if he's like 50%, you know, heading to the playoffs, they're going to get bounced, I, in my opinion. Like, I just don't like, <laughs> don't like their chances in a playoff scenario in which if they're the fourth seed, they're not going to have home court. And you don't have Kyrie for the row games, you know, you're missing. So you're going to have two out of your three best players, you know, and it, honestly, it could be a situation where you only have one of your best players if Durant's hurt. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think they just, I think looking to see what offers are out there might be in their best interest. I'm not necessarily saying, you know, trade Harden or anything, not saying that, but I would say not to be so arrogant, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of what they have. That's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm seeing now. Mm. Well, as a Rockets fan, I, I am just loving this moment <laughs> right now. I let bet. me, let me tell you, <laughs> I don't have much else to root for. I, I got my guy, Shangoon that, that I'm cheering right. for my favorite rookie. Um, and I love Jalen green as well. Shout out to those guys, but you know, this is great. This is great to hear. Uh, let me tell you my, my last pick. Uh, and this is sort of similar to the Pacers situation, a team that's already been through some change this year, a team that definitely had expectations this year. Actually, they're the same seed as the Pacers. Oh, wow. I have the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. It's, it's time for a big shakeup there as well. I, I think similar, similar thing. Um, and, and interestingly, all three teams I pick. So I picked Portland, the Pacers, and now the Kings. These are all three teams that are rumored to be in Ben Simmons discussions or at some point in the season have been in that rumor. I would be for that for any of these teams at this point, just for the shakeup, um, just to do something different. Just at least that guy was an all-star. It, you're in a desperate enough situation that, yeah, you can take that chance on Ben Simmons. Um but yeah, Kings, uh, <clears throat> it's a bummer because I, I really wanted the Kings to like make a playing game this year. They're one of those, I don't know, just like side teams I was kind of low-key rooting for, and it's it's not going to happen. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there you have it. Not not a very sexy pick, you know, definitely. Man, I appreciate your Nets pick there. Um, no. but, uh, but yeah, there you have it. The Kings are my final pick. 
I like your pick. It's sad to see. Um, shout out to Morgan Reagan, who was recently, you know, was on the yeah. show a few months ago. And shout seeing... out to Kate Thomas, too. Yeah, for sure. Doing broadcasting work. Former Lobo. <laughs> for sure. And shout out to uh, Deuce as well, uh, yeah. Morgan's uh, broadcast partner, to see in their show and to see them, like, be sad like every um. youtube stream <laughs> like, this is oh, terrible like, this is awful it's, it's just it's it's one of the most awful things that you know this team has a lot of young talent too they're not they don't have an awful team like they have a lot of yeah. young talent on there like there's something there clearly and it's just you know a lot of struggles so yeah i i feel you i think just a reimagining of this the culture there and this you know trying to evaluate what their goals are, I think is in their best interest. And I think they have a, a young core. I just think, mm-hmm. you know, coaching may have something to do with it. And I think that's the culture. I think there's a mm-hmm. lot missing because I feel like, I don't know, this may be a stretch, but like, you know, I think they could be the Grizzlies in maybe, you know, five years or so in terms of being kind of a young core that gets disrespected, but have a lot of great players, you know, mm-hmm. that could be them. Like that's not like impossible. But they got a, you know, they got a long way to go in order to reach that. So, yeah, hopefully they they hit on their draft pick this year and, and can kind of build from that. Well, we have said more than a mouthful tonight. It has been really fun to fire this back up, Justin. So it thank has. you so much for your time. You're welcome. Um, like I said, guys, we're gonna have a lot more content coming your way. I'm sorry, my camera's off here. You. Here you go. You guys can see my frozen face <laughs> as, we, uh, as we exit here. Um, but thank you all so much for your support. Thank you for tuning in. We see we see the likes in the chat and stuff like that. Really appreciate you guys. Um, Justin, anything else before we peace out here? No, that's it. Yeah, it's been awesome. I'm hopping back on there with you. Uh, yeah, just great chatting. And we'll, we'll see how the reserves turn out. We'll see if there's any other surprises. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So stay tuned, you guys. We'll be in touch again with you very soon. Take care. Have a great start of your weekend. Peace.